Welcome to the RSP Cast. I'm Matt Waldman with the Rookie Scouting Portfolio. And today, my special guest, John Ledyard with the Pewter Report. John is just, you know, a fantastic, fantastic resource. Welcome. You know, it's always nice getting a chance to chat with you. Oh, absolutely, man. When you asked me to do this, I was very excited about it. Not just because I love doing stuff with you. We've done a couple of shows together before. It's always been a blast. But also because our subject today is a player that I have strong opinions about a strong affinity for and can't believe i get to cover him now i'm really excited about that i know you felt the same way too about one giovanni bernard absolutely you are not alone in that department um though i have a feeling that it seems like when i read your training camp reports because i cover training camp for the um tampa bay buccaneers and football guys for bob henry's great training camp reports Mm -hmm. which essentially are they're not original content we don't claim to be what we do is we read the people who who do great work around um you know different training camps and i've been covering i cover atlanta and i for the past couple years i've covered tampa bay and it's one of my favorite people to read it's been john because john gives great football insights that's not just like oh he's going to be great this year he explains Mm -hmm. why the guy's going to be great or why he's struggling and he you know obviously he's a draft guy worked with the draft network and who you know, studies the tape and, you know, right. he, he's, he's our people. Anybody who listens to the show, <laughs> John is absolutely our people. So when I read that you are like Giovanni Bernard may be pushing to be in a one, two backfield with Ronald Jones, yeah. what are you seeing right now that, and, and hearing that's, you know, putting that out there? I think a couple things. Number one, Bruce Arians. Let's just be honest about who we know Bruce Arians to be. At the end of the day, he can say whatever he wants about whoever can break tackles and run in the A-gaps and all that. Bruce Arians cares about who can catch the football and who can pass protect. Because at the end of the day, he wants to throw the football. And if you can help him do that better, he's going to want you on the field more often than not. That's been the case everywhere he's been. Guys that have done that, people in Arizona, why is Andre Ellington out here. Why is Andre Ellington getting these reps? Well, look, like at the end of the day, Andre Ellington helped him in the passing game and it didn't matter that he wasn't a great runner compared <laughs> to other guys that were on that team. He played. And so I think there's a big part of it that's that, just understanding coaching tendencies and coaching preferences and knowing that Bruce Arians will gravitate, I believe, toward pass catching backs. There's also the fact that the other guys on the roster are just not very proven or very good at that. Um, Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette, it's been big struggles for them. I know Fournette's had catch numbers in the past, but catch numbers aren't necessarily indicative of, of skill or ability in that department, sometimes just opportunity. And so I think that's where the big distinguishment makes between uh, Bernard and Fournette is the guy who's really maximized those opportunities as a receiver in Bernard and the guy who hasn't in Fournette. And, and so there's that aspect of it. And there's also the fact that they are already excited. I know about what they can do with Bernard as a receiver, putting him in the slot um, and moving him outside and doing things like that that they wouldn't weren't really comfortable with last year. They did it occasionally with, the, with Leonard Fournette even once or twice maybe with ronald jones but it was not something that either guy were they didn't have a strength in that area they had to get away from it so kind of a combination of those things make me think plus the fact that they're i mean ronald jones Leonard Fournette, even at their best they're not like a tier one back they're not a tier two back so we've already kind of got this gray area at the position and i think bernard's just the surety of what bernard is the reliability of what he is on a game-to-game basis i think at the end of the day 
that could convince the coaching staff that he's the guy that should get more reps. Yeah, and one of the things that you mentioned so well about him is that his pass protection, how this week he absolutely stopped Devin White, who you're basically talking about is like, listen, he might be the special player on this team at the rate that he's combined his athletic ability with now you know, being better with his feet, having better concepts, being more patient and decisive. And here he is stopping him in blitz pickup. And with Tom Brady and all the different changes, I mean, I would think that there are a lot of people who've talked about, well, Giovanni Bernard could be James White of the NFC, you know, and, and or John or Tom Brady's new James White. Mm-hmm. It seems to me that Brady, with all his ability to, you know, have to make a, he makes a lot of calls and diagnoses at the line and will do more of that this year now that he knows the offense inside and out. You know, how vital is that going to be and how well does that fit with what Bernard does? It's interesting that Giovanni Bernard, you know, I think it was Bill Belichick that defined it as kind of in the past. He said there's like receiving backs who could actually like do receiver things. And then there's pass catching backs, you know, where James White was kind of like a receiving back that he'd legitimately do receiving stuff, right? Like he could run routes, you could move them around. You could do different things with James White because he was that good as a receiver. He could run some routes, things like that. Whereas other guys are just kind of like pass catching backs. They do a lot in the screen game. They do a lot in the flat, you know, just basic stuff. Uh, that running backs do and there's not necessarily as much you can do with them i'm of the opinion that giovanni bernard has kind of been this receiving back who has kind of just been used in this pass catcher role like this filler role very simplistic usage over the years of cincinnati for the for the most part and what i've watched and i think tampa bay is in a position to expand on that for him one of the ways that i I, what i what i mean when i say that is just reps in the slot. Actually, I will give Zach Taylor some credit. Last year, he started to move Giovanni Bernard around. And the, the once Burrow got hurt, there was such a train wreck at the quarterback position. It didn't really matter. So we didn't really get the effect of this as much. But for most of Bernard's career, he, it's hard to believe that he really wasn't a big slot guy. He hasn't been like a big out wide guy or anything like that. You will see it on occasion. But last year was kind of the most, I think, that that's really happened for him um in the last like later in his career that's kind of been something that's picked up a little bit uh for him and i I mean there were times where you go back uh 2017 season for example like he's playing like 16 snaps in the slot like he's just not really being used to the fullest of his ability and i think in tampa bay they just love what he brings to the table so much and it's so much of what bruce arians loves at that position combine that with the fact that there isn't a David Johnson here or Willie Parker here like he's had in the past and other places. Um, And I think that is kind of what's going to lead toward, okay, we can just do stuff with Giovanni Bernard on the field. Like we can still run the football. He's fine. You know, we're never going to be a great rushing team anyway, but we can also move him around and we can bring him back in for motion and we can determine what the coverage is. And then we can keep him in to protect. And he's our best guy. He's one of the best in the league. He might be the best pass protecting back in the league. And so he can do that for us. And, at the end of the day, there's just more answers with Giovanni Bernard than there is with some of these other guys. And I love that you brought up that he could be one of the past, best pass protectors in the league because one of the things about him is you look at him and you say, well, he's not a big dude, but you don't have to be big to be a good pass protector as a running back. You have to know your assignments, which is very um, difficult for a lot of running backs to be able to keep up with um, in terms of the diagnostic aspect of blitzes and different types of assignments and different um, blocking schemes that that they're that they use or protection schemes and he's very well versed in all of that and when you go back to his game at North Carolina this is a guy I mean I remember when I first got into this it was because I was a big 
I, I was really intrigued by a running back by the name of Brian Westbrook. And mm. so Westbrook was really like the first guy I ever wrote about in a, mm. in a football perspective. And it really got me interested in studying the draft because this was a second round pick, small school, not undersized kind of back to many standards of what people commonly look for or talk about in the media. And I thought this guy could be special, but there were a lot of things with him. But when I looked at Giovanni Bernard, I remember having him as my top ranked back in this class just by, just ahead of Eddie Lacy and when you watched him as a pass protector what he did so well besides being assignment sound was how close he got in the line that he could get there early that he could be the first to strike that he was in a position to strike first so that he could follow up and and then dictate the terms of what's going on yeah could he get run over by by some people of course he's under you know he's going to be lose the size battle sometimes but more often than you think, if you have good leverage, if you have good position, and you're you're usually picking up players who are not defensive tackles, you know, right. or or you know, patriot size outside linebackers. Mm-hmm. So he <laughs> so he's like, you know, he can do he he can be very good at being able to at least, especially when you're early, when you get that depth. I remember mm-hmm. like you know, learning that when you can get that depth early, you can dictate terms longer and you buy your quarterback enough time. And with Brady, who's the best in the pocket yeah. as a, you know, maneuvering that we may have ever seen outside of maybe Dan Marino, you, you know, this is a, you know, this is a fine player from that perspective. And I always thought he could be Westbrook like. Mm-hmm. And now you have, you know, now you have an offense that, really could generate that from a, from that pers- perspective mm-hmm. you know and last you know as a rookie he averaged you know this was a guy who had 695 yards um you know as a rookie and they drafted jeremy hill and so jeremy hill they thought might be their future and i think right. that that false future that it turned out to be really kind of and the coaching changes kind of labeled bernard falsely for what he should have been and guys like you and myself and Jay Moyer, who's a who's a you know been a an often been a run game coach at the high school mm-hmm. level for many years, and is very good at at looking at, at backs himself. But also has been a big fan of Bernard, and seeing him come down here. So, you know, when you talk about the type of role he could have being more than just the passing down role, you know, I mean. What what do you, do you, how do you see this potentially being a split and where does Leonard Fournette come in? Does this become a three headed Patriots backfield and yeah. how predictable can it be or how unpredictable will it be? There's this outside shot, Matt, that uh, playoff Lenny Lombardi Lenny becomes disgruntled Lenny at some point here in this season. It just I, again he did start the first preseason game. He got the first reps, first two carries, and so we'll see. Um, but. I just don't know how much longer the. I mean, he is just not as talented as Ronald Jones or or as Giovanni Bernard. I I don't even say that to like say Leonard Fournette is a really bad player or anything like that. I just Ronald Jones runs harder, breaks more tackles. He's going to create more after contact than Leonard Fournette is. And you have Giovanni Bernard, who's just far superior in pass protection and receiving. And even if you give Fournette an edge in those two areas and Ronald Jones, and I'm not sure you should in pass protection after last year, but even if you give him the edge there. 
it's not really enough to me. Like Ronald Jones is just more talented. The, 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 the off chance that you get the ball in Ronald Jones' hands on a passing play, he's more likely to do something with it than Fournette, and they both drop plenty of passes. So it becomes that kind of like where is the gain, you know, where is the kind of cost management of, of playing Leonard Fournette and playing Ronald Jones at some point. But, yeah, you mentioned about Giovanni Bernard. I, I do want to touch on that about him maybe being – I don't want to pigeonhole him – is just a receiving back. I think that that's where a lot of his value lies in today's NFL. That's a very valuable skill set to have as a running back. So we definitely want to highlight it, I think, and probably lead with it. But I also want to say that I think he's a good running back, and he's ran behind the worst, like the worst of the worst in terms of O-lines last couple years, even scheme at times. You know, not that I've studied Bengals a ton, but seeing some of the things that they did or asking some of their players to do things that they just weren't probably capable of at that point. In fairness, I'm not sure what some of those guys. Ultimately, I just think Giovanni Bernard has juice, and that is a really important trait in a running back. I don't think he's going to be a thousand yard rusher. I don't think he's going to be a break ten tackles, you know, game type of running back. Like that's not who he is. There is some elusiveness to him in space for sure. He'll fall forward every time. I love that about him. It doesn't mean he, you know he's not a tackle breaker, but he, you know you still pick up one or two more yards when you fall forward as often as he does low pad level naturally just the way he's built uh and a very good frame he runs low too so that helps him maximize every time there's a collision he maximizes what's there so there's just a lot to like about him but the number one thing i come back to is juice he just he has burst and that's a to me if you're asking like what things i value in a running back a lot i mean obviously everybody's got you got to have vision as a pure runner for sure most backs i think have it to a degree that they can get the job done but like burst and tackle breaking ability, right? Like, can you get through that hole quick, especially in a scheme like this one? Bucks run a lot of duo and it's a lot of those doubles and everything's tight and there's little creases. And sometimes the smaller back is just way more effective at those things. You know, a lot of the time when you watch the Bucks, they hardly ever lose yardage on a running play, but they hardly ever get more than two or three yards because it's <laughs> everything's so packed in, you know, it's yeah. 12 personnel. They bring Godwin in and he's in there blocking as a wing and everything's tight and, you know, there's just not a lot of space. And so guys that, A, low pad level, that finish low, I think get the most out of those runs. But also I think, yeah, it help, it's helpful to have somebody, I think, that can kind of get in those creases and make it tougher for guys to, to tackle them that are kind of coming off blocks on the side, trying to one-arm tackle. You know, that's where a lot of – if you watch even Saturday night's game, you know, you can watch that game and you'll say, wow, like it's not like they're blocking that bad, but they're only getting three yards because they can't get through those creases fast enough before some guys kind of dragging them down from the side or slowing them down and then they're gang tackled or they're, you know, it's just kind of a mess. And so in, as long as the scheme is going to be that way, I think having a guy that's just going to mash the gas a little bit faster could be a good thing for the Bucks offense. Yeah. And I'll add that it's about style of running too, because Leonard Fournette was a gap runner at LSU. And, you know, I always joke with people. I always say, look, the gap runner is kind of like fill in the blank. And a, and a zone runner's more multiple choice. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Leonard Fournette's that guy that, like, you, you know, and a lot of, you know, fans fans are always interesting because, you know, for years everybody's like, he's going to be great. And you're like, well, it depends on the system he goes to because, mm -hmm. you know, at LSU, if you ask him to make any hard cuts before the line or change direction, he's kind of like, I, I've joked that he's kind of like a big dump truck coming down a hill towards a toll booth. And then they tell him at the last minute while he's going like 80 to try and swerve yeah. to like the to the far end toll booth. He's just going to tip over and tumble over and mm -hmm. take out the entire toll booth because he doesn't well, have that 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 change of direction. 
That's exactly right. Uh, well, it's an interesting point that you bring up too, because just to throw this out there to you, but like duo is kind of almost like a, I know it's not technically zone, but it's, it operates a lot of ways like zone. And yes. The reads are. And so it's, is more multiple choice. And now you look around the league and you see outside zones, huge inside zones always, you know, it's been growing for a long time. Now yeah. you've got tons of split zone that it happens, which is basically kind of like inside. You've got more duo, but you don't have as much old school, just straight up gap concepts as you used to. And, uh, you know, you still have them. They still exist in areas, but as a staple run scheme, you probably have less of it now than you ever used to. And I wonder if – I don't think Leonard Fournette ever would have been as good as people said he is, where he finished one year at LSU sure. and people said, it's a crime he has to wait to like go to the NFL draft. <laughs> right. He's the best running back in the league right now. Yeah. And then he's like the seventh best running back from that class. Yeah. I don't think he ever would have been as good as people thought he would be. But I do wonder if he'd played 10 or 15 years earlier if it would have been like a better fit. If he would have oh. – Lasted his rookie contract. In the oh, oh, absolutely. Because he was a... The thing that was great about Fournette was that when you played gap with him that first year, and he did this at LSU, is that the best thing he did is that he hit a hole with conviction and he finished like an old school mm-hmm. running back. Like you... He'd punish you in a way that yeah. I don't see very often anymore, other than maybe some of the top backs. But that's kind of changed a little bit with his game as the years have gone on. It's hard to keep doing that as a as an NFL back. Right. I mean, even as good as he was at it, it was it was special that first year <laughs> what he was doing. Sure, you know. Well, it's it's also like uh, Matt. I don't know that Leonard Fournette's ever had the same mentality at the. I don't know if he's ever had the same presence of like knowledge or acknowledgement of his frame at the line of scrimmage as he's had in the open field. Like he was in the open field. He knew he would just, he would destroy you. Like he ran like that, but at the line of scrimmage, it was never quite as, I I don't think even at LSU was ever quite as, yes, there there were moments at LSU for sure, but I don't think it was ever quite conviction you're talking about that he ran within the open field like yeah. where if you got in his way he was going to try and put you in the hospital yeah at the line of scrimmage like comparatively to a uh, marshawn lynch wherever as soon as he touched the ball if you got in his way you were getting it like period yeah it seemed like it took leonard fournette half the play to remember oh this is like the kind of back that i can be yes and so and i love your points about duo because that's exactly where i was heading is that he, you know, Bernard is a better duo running, better mm-hmm. suited for duo. And Jones was a guy, again, that also, while he played in some zone at USC, as you've seen, mm-hmm. you know, in Tampa, it's been a process for him to become a better decision yeah. maker because he was all gas, no break, you know, to begin his career and didn't really understand what he needed to do to manipulate. And that's the thing with running backs that I – that. I, why I want to have this conversation with you because Bernard really highlights how player fits can matter so much because yeah, he's not a great tackle breaker. He hasn't had great productivity in his career to the level that he could have had, but he is, he's a smart runner who can manipulate and get lost in there in a way that defenders can, can, um, he can force them in the wrong direction and then be able to find those open creases. And, and that's why a guy like Frank Gore, in addition to his pass protection skills, has been around so long because a team knows what he can do for them. Or Patriot, you know, people who were probably frustrated with Peyton Barber for a while mm-hmm. is that Peyton Barber's like basically old Frank Gore in a younger body. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> because he's the same kind of skilled player, but right. slow. 
and gore just ran with like a permanent forward lean right like he was always ready to like fall through someone's face or like run through someone's face and so he was so unique in that way there are some similarities between him and bernard to be honest you know there are but you know gore had always had that tackle breaking ability right that's such a big thing it set him apart for sure but i do think you're right i think bernard we even saw this with Keyshawn vaughn a little bit on saturday night like there were a couple of plays where he kind of got lost behind everybody a little bit, and it was easier for him to kind of slip through little creases. One play, you were like lost sight of him, and then all of a sudden, boom, there he is, seven yards. And nothing about the Bucks' run game was, you know, worth celebrating on Saturday night. Sure. Uh, I don't think, but yeah, it just as you look at at fits and kind of what works, I do think that uh, a back like Leonard Fournette just isn't quite decisive enough for when you has to go away from Plan A to plan B it just it loses its effectiveness and so that's another reason why I just think yeah I think Giovanni Bernard's a good fit and I also think that um the other guys in the backfield maybe are still we'll see with Ronald Jones he's he's very talented um I the thing is with Ronald Jones that even if he becomes okay I'm clearly ahead of Fournette I'm clearly the guy as the ball carrier carrier that really kills Leonard Fournette stock but that doesn't really kill Giovanni Bernard stock because Rojo's not going to figure it out as a receiver. Like that's not going to, not to the extent that he would need to. He's to that far take. away still. Yes. Yeah. 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 There's no, especially when you factor in pass protection and Bernard's experience and, you know, even, I mean, you know, you do this long enough and you ask a coach about a player and they just, you know, you get it when they realize they got something with Giovanni Bernard that they didn't have last year and they feel like it could be the thing that I don't want to say puts them over the top because obviously they already won the Super Bowl. So they already figured that out. But, something that really is an asset for them and makes life a lot easier than it did last year. They had to do some things the hard way. They had to convert some third and longs way too often with a quarterback with a bum knee and a banged up receiver core times, especially early in the season, because they didn't have a guy who could catch the ball on second and eight and get you four or five yards, like, you know, get you seven yards and get you one yard, you know, for a third and short, you know, they just didn't have that most of the year. It did improve at the end of the year. I think it was a big reason why they ended up, being successful just efficiency people underrate efficiency they look for oh how many touchdowns did tom brady throw well he might not throw that many touchdowns this season but they could be he could be a better quarterback they could be a better offense because there's better efficiency better consistency because they're simply in more convertible third down situations or second down situations because of the success of the running backs specifically giovanni bernard out of the backfield yeah and i think when you look at the red zone here i mean people will think well Fournette and, and Jones will probably get the bulk of the red zone work, mm-hmm. but not necessarily when you look at what White was able to do and the flexibility that you can have with a guy like Bernard mm-hmm. in in Passport, you know, as a red zone option because even inside the five, you can split him out so that it forces the defense to second guess. Then you also, he's competent enough to be able to hide in there and get quick hitting yeah. plays. But on top of that, that just gives flexibility. And from what you've seen this year with Brady, are they shifting more? Are they making changes more? Mm-hmm. What are they doing to that's different this year now that he knows the offense in a way that he can because, you know, they've had a training camp and a mini camp? Yeah, it is. It's a big difference. They are shifting more. There are more motions. There are more bells and whistles than there were before. I bet they don't show any of that in preseason. I don't think they showed any of that the other night, as far as I can recall. I don't think they'll show any of that in preseason. They know people are going to give them their best shot, and they're going to come prepared with things people haven't seen for sure. No no question about that. Um, what's interesting about red zone, because this is the most fascinating thing about the Bucks running back situation to me, Matt, is that if you look at what's happened in training camp, Giovanni Bernard has been on the field. Now, granted, they do red zone periods. They do 
you know, three or four play series that they first team goes three or four plays, second team goes three or four plays, third team goes three or four plays. And that's got, and then the first team usually gets another shot and then they wrap up. Giovanni Bernard's in for like all of those plays. Now it's, it now it's passing game work. It's all, it's all pass for the most part. It's passing game work. Sure. Um, But when they're doing the passing game work, Giovanni Bernard's in there. So I'm like, okay, well what? So they, know that they can't be so predictable as to just put Giovanni Bernard out there when they're going to throw the ball in the red zone. So he's going to run the ball in the red zone. Like that's, they have to have him out there for both if they're going to use him all this to this degree in the passing game. So I'm trying to read between the lines here. I just think fantasy wise, maybe he's being undervalued a little bit. I just see somebody. A <laughs> yeah. A lot maybe. Yeah. Like I just think uh, either Rojo or Leonard is going to end up, you know, Leonard, because he's not as good as the other guys, could end up on, on the back burner here. Or Rojo, because he continues to make mistakes. Drops, not being where he should be in passing plays, blowing protections, fumbling the football. Those kinds of things could get Rojo in the doghouse. Plus, Rojo's always had character or confidence concerns. Like, he just – he does. It's a struggle of his, and it sucks, but that's the way that it is for some athletes. And so, you know, the Bucks have been great to come alongside him and I think get the most out of him through that, and they've built him up, but it's still a struggle – and it's not something to discount when we're valuing this because that was a factor down the stretch last year. I think that coming off the injury, seeing Leonard do well, knowing that he'd struggled in certain aspects uh, in the previous weeks. He just, when he wasn't hundred percent healthy, his mind wasn't hundred percent right either. And those things have always kind of bogged Rojo down at points. So like those two things could happen, right? Neither of those guys could fall, but like what, there's not like that downside with Giovanni Bernard to me. Like, the other two guys are total question marks. Like we could be going to the playoffs and one of those guys could have a thousand yards and the other one could have 200 and I wouldn't be surprised. But if Giovanni Bernard hasn't had like, you know, the opportunity to catch 40 balls, like, you know, then I'm going to be a little bit surprised. Like to yeah. me, that's like uh, more of a sure thing. And I think especially in that red area, it's going to be really fascinating to see because there's been stuff in the slot, stuff out wide, slip screen stuff. There's been stuff out of the backfield and Tom Brady's looked for him a ton. He scored probably more touchdowns than, maybe anybody other than AB and, and camp. I mean, it's just, it's been that kind of usage, that kind of sure thing, timing. Like he knows how to beat guys quick. That's the thing I love about him. I know we'll talk about that, but I just love the Giovanni. And some of these backs get out there and they dance for, you know, it's like, oh, and then they cut, you know, and the t- there's no timing. Then they're late to get their head around. It's like, well, you got separation, but it took you three years and then you you didn't have your head around. So you dropped the ball and the He's timing efficient. is off. And, He's yes. efficient. And that's yep. like the most... That's like one of the most important things you can be. I mean, as far back as like, I don't know about you, but for where I, I think I learned that really at a highest level was watching Arian Foster. Was like watching Arian, you know, when you can just open your hips and you can get outside a guy by flipping your hips and not doing too much dancing or you just get downhill right away and transition. I mean, that that's far more powerful than dancing yeah. around. And, and you made that point very well. And it's funny because Bernard in this situation yeah i mean i love what you underscored about you know how the coaches are looking at him how much he's being used in the in the red zone and in different facets and and it's just a fun confidence when you talk about confidence which is so important think about the fact that yeah ronald jones is in a has been in pretty good situations to have a shot to be the man and confidence has been an issue and then you have bernard who basically was drafted and then by a team that's been a bad team for years. Yeah. And he's been, they've tried to replace him or put somebody else in a position where they don't maximize the best of him. 
And here he is. I mean, that's a mentally tough dude right there yeah. who's, you know, 29 years old. He knows what he can offer, oh even gosh. if he's never yeah. offered it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Giovanni Bernard, that's the thing. Like, you're just getting one of the most sure people in the game, one of the most consistent performers in the game, a guy who has not let, I mean, being in Cincinnati, living in Cincinnati, playing for Cincinnati, <laughs> being coached in Cincinnati, like the other backs in Cincinnati, the court, like he hasn't let any of it affect them. The loop brings it every time he comes to work and the coaches like him, everybody in the locker room likes him. If there's like this going into week five and it's like, man, I don't know, like Rojo fumbled last week and Leonard Fournette was moping around at practice, which was a factor last year as well. And, you know, he doesn't know where he factors in. He's tired of splitting carries. And, you know, Giovanni Bernard's out here doing the same thing he's done every single day for his nine-year career. Like, I think we're just going to play him more. Like, you know, he's the guy that's feeling it and he's the guy we can count on. And I just think that this backfield's kind of convoluted enough that I think it could get to that point. You know, the other guys are talented, but, I think it could get to that point. Remember, Arians doesn't like to screw around at the running back. No. It's about the quarterback and the wideouts and the O-line for him. If those pieces are right, tight ends, give me what you need. Running backs, give me what I need. That's it. Like, you, you do your job. That's it. Like, yeah, I don't care if you're a 1,000-yard receiver. I don't care if you're a 1,000-yard rusher. Do your jobs at these positions. It's about the wideouts and the quarterbacks and the O-line. Make it work. Make it sing. The rest of you, like, be your place. So be your filler, guys. And if you're detracting – from the most talented offense, I think, talent-wise in the league because you can't – you don't know where the ball's coming and you don't know where to be on your pass routes and you're blowing blocks in protection. I mean, how much patience do you have for that when you've got guys like Chris Godwin and Tony Brown and Mike Evans and Rob Gronkowski waiting for the football and Tom Brady throwing it? I think all those things are factors in this situation. Well, as you can tell, Ledyard does his job here, and that's and that's been fantastic, you know, to be able to have this podcast with him. I have one last question for you. This is something I just don't know. You're from Pennsylvania, so were you a Steelers fan or an Eagles fan growing up? I was a big Steelers fan. I grew up about 30 minutes outside of Pittsburgh. See, yeah. see, I almost didn't even have to ask based on how you were banging on the Bengals. I mean, like, if you're, a, right. if you're a Browns fan like I am or a Steelers <laughs> fan like Ledyard or, or, you know, or a Ravens fan like I am in the closet here, you know, with some of that. Then, right. You know, the, the, the Bengals are the whipping kid, you know, basically yeah. of the of, of that um comp of that division so yeah. so for sure but um but this was absolutely enjoyable we're gonna have to have you back on again far sooner we need to watch some film with some players together yeah. we absolutely have to do that uh -huh. um so but um john tell tell people where they can find you and and what you're up to yeah for sure you can find me on twitter at ledyard nfl draft l-e-d-y-a-r-d nfl draft and you can uh, follow my work over at pewterreport.com do cover the box and so i'll have that team covered pretty well but on twitter i do talk about all the other teams still uh because i still love that and then draft season comes i've got a lot of stuff at pewterreport.com and also at ledyard nfl draft on twitter uh where you can find that that content and get a lot of thoughts on players even outside of the bucks uh, uh, scope of things uh, so yeah that's probably where most of my work is at this point in time yeah I pro I promise you that he won't let you down with the kind of work that he <laughs> yeah. does and I and I, I'm just telling you when you read football guys training camp report you might think it was written by John Ledyard um, <laughs> because I pretty much credited him about four or five different times with things and I've read other people too but it's just that 
John's points are that good. And I just, and, and <laughs> I, I think that, that they're fantastic in terms of like learning football. So I want, you know, I want people to understand that, but thanks again for listening, folks. I'll be back on with Dwayne McFarlane later this week. We're going to be doing some projections work um, that we used to do. We'll kind of catch up on a few teams doing that. Of course, the RSP pre-draft and post-draft um, that package is still available. Pretty evergreen right now at this point, you know, to be able to get quality work, especially with what we're seeing develop in the preseason in training camps a lot of that stuff's you know looking pretty good based on film watching and then we have of course the dynasty projections and rankings which have been getting um, good feedback thus far and i'll have an update out later this week a full update i gave a surprise one last week to folks just to say hey i know you got drafts this week so i'll, I'll give you a couple of cheat sheets here but i'm going to fill out the rest of the stuff um, that you got in june um, updated in august within the next probably four to six days here, maybe even sooner. We'll see. All right. Take care, guys.